Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And we are into the garden season now. I can't I've got so many tomatoes, and they're ginormous, and they're beautiful, and they're delicious. Oh, my gosh. It's what we live for. This is when uh, you've been waiting. They've been green. They've been sitting there. All of a sudden, a little bit of rain, some humidity, uh, afternoon, just that shade effect. The, The vines are growing like crazy, and they just start ripening all at once. So exciting. Uh, giant pumpkins are starting to form. The squash are starting to grow. This is when it's really happening. Uh, it, it's kind of fun to take the kids out there and just have them pick some produce. You, I don't think we, we teach our kids where food comes from. And the easiest way to do that, just walk out in the backyard and just pick your own. This is why I love gardening. I'm, I'm, I'm addicted to plants. My grandparents were gardeners. My grandmothers, basically. Uh, my, my father's mother lived with us as a kid. We lost our, uh, my grandfather, he was in his 50s, lost him early. And so she moved in with us, classic 1970s thing that you did. And so she just was always in the bedroom next door to us. And she liked to garden. And she was a rock hound. So she loved rocks. Our backyard had piles of different kinds of rocks. You rock hounds know what that's all about. And so I still have an affinity. When I'm walking anywhere, I'm looking at rocks. And then I'm, I love to garden. My other, my mother's mother, my other grandmother, um, she was a Georgia farm gal. So we'd go down to the family farm where my mother grew up, a hog farmer, just lots of horses, just tractors. I mean, just big, huge properties, farms. And you just could roam for, for all day. We'd be gone and uh, you'd be play out there and then come back home. And so they're huge farm. We're talking acres. Like, like we had two-acre farms. We'd help plant. We'd help pick the peas or beans or okra or, or tomatoes, uh, peanuts back then. So I, my grandmother would actually give me the salt shaker just go, go, pick your own, eat out there if you want. Go, take it, you're good. She'd let me just go pick whatever I wanted, salt it right there. Talk about tomatoes and sweet peppers and all those delicious uh, sweet sweet peas. and Oh, it was so fun. I'm addicted. Uh, fruit trees, grapes, uh, edible table grapes. That's just what I was raised on. And so that got into my blood. Not only was I encouraged to pick, but I was encouraged to go feed yourself. Go pick it. Or it was a family affair. You know, my brother and sister and I, we would just go out with, with, with uh, Mama, and we would just go pick the gardens, come back, and aunts and cousins, and we'd all shuck the corn or, or uh, get the peas out, black-eyed peas, fresh. I mean, fresh peanuts. Uh, in the oven uh, in, in summer, it just there's smells that just come back to you. That's that's just that's how you get hooked into gardening. I think kids just naturally go into that. From there, I have turned into 
a flower gardener. So I do vegetables, and that's fun, and, and it's good, but it's you know, seasonal. It's, it's a summer-fall thing. Flowers are 12 months out of the year. You can basically have color at this elevation here in central Arizona, the central highlands area. We're not too cold. This isn't for you Flagstaff, White Mountains, Williams folks. This is for more of us in, in the warmer, mid, you know, milder four-season climates. We can have, like we just had our first crop, the very first fall crop started coming in this week. Pansies are here. So the summer pansies, we grow a little bit larger pansies. So it's a one-gallon size, so if more established roots. So if we do happen to get hot again, they'll go right through. But pansies, you can plant that right now, and it will bloom and bloom and bloom. It'll force, it'll, it'll quadruple in size, and then it will continue in full bloom right through winter. We're talking November, December, January, February, full-on color in your containers, in, your, in those raised beds, full color. It'll have snow on it, full-on flowers coming through the snow. Pansies love the snow. They don't like the summer, so they don't like June. Mine, mine tended to burn out in June. But this is when you plant them again, and they start to fill in, and they just keep on blooming right through. So, so I've turned into a flower gardener only because I can do it 12 months out of the year. And I'm strategic. I've got my spring flowers. Right now, my summer, like the zinnias are going crazy. They're going nuts. Uh, so those dahlias are growing like crazy. Uh, uh, potato vine just overflowing the containers almost too much. They're having to be given a haircut, uh, kind of trim them back. So I can strategically think through. And I think flowers are more artistic. Vegetable gardening is artistic, yes, but it's more delicious than it is artistic. You can do some fun things like I spray paint my tomato cages, you know, bright blue, yellow, red. They're fun. Uh, You can have have some fun. I'll have tomato plants growing over, spilling over top of my raised beds. Instead of caging them up, you can have them flow out. Uh, uh, Large pumpkins flowing through underneath the gardens, almost like a jungle effect. But it's not truly, truly artistic. When you're playing with the fragrance, the flower, the textures, the heights, now all of a sudden the artistry of gardening comes out, and that's flowers. That's trees and shrubs and landscape design and architect. But but you, you don't need to be an architect, have full-on houses to be an artist with gardening. You can have one little container garden, a saucer garden. It can be so easy. And so, and they're pretty consistent and so rewarding because if you deadhead a flower right now, it will go right back into bloom, just like that. So you can pick them and bring them inside. One of my favorite little things that impresses everyone, pick a dahlia. Dahlias are basically flowers the size of your hands, or they could be even larger like dinner plates dahlias. They're the size of dinner, dinner plates. They're huge. They're almost too big. They're just unbelievable. I like the little bit smaller ones. And then I'll float them, not with a stem, stem on them, just the flower. And they float really nicely, almost like an oriental Japanese style on top of the water. And they just float there in the house, just saying, look how beautiful I am. It's, it almost looks like a, like a, like a lily or, or a lotus flower, only it's floating there. It's a dahlia you pick from the, from the garden, floated in there, different colors. It's just fun artistry. And you take your kids. Here's a story with my kids. So I've got identical twin girls, Megan and Mackenzie. When they were about 
three years old, they knew I was a flower gardener. And so, and I was in charge of watching them. This is in Skull Valley. Okay, this is a farm, big 10-acre farm. Uh, we're growing a lot of different things out there. And, and so independence is a thing. You know, just, they, they had big dogs with them, big shepherds, and big retrievers would go with them. So you knew they were always protected and looked after. And so they were, they were quiet for about, I don't know. Okay, I'm in charge. I'm the father, maybe an hour might have been 30 minutes. I told Lisa maybe 15, 20 minutes, but it's probably more like an hour. I'm going, huh, where are the girls at? And I go outside, and they've gotten a, a big basket, not a small basket, a very large basket, and some scissors, like like the, the elementary school, like dull scissors. They both have a pair, and they're out there picking every single flower in my flower bed, hundreds of flowers, and they've filled this entire basket up. And they are just having, it's delight. It's just like beauty. It's, it's just fun. And they come in the house and go, Dad, look what we did for you. We know you like flowers. So we just took every flower out of the garden. Here, for you. I'm going, that's joy. To be able to do that, just focus on it for an hour. And, and yeah, I was a little hurt, but all you do, you fertilize them. You go, girls, that is so beautiful. Oh, that's such a great thing. It's a memory I'll take to my grave with me. Uh, but that's the joy of gardening. You can pass that on. That generational thing can happen. You can pass that on to your kids, to your kids' kids. I think that's part of that generational, something to do together besides looking at an iPad or watching a TV. Something you can do outdoors in the fresh air and make a difference and pass on that joy of just flowers and vegetables and gardening to your kids got a lot in store for you uh, lisa waters lane coming in with your garden questions right after this you've been listening to the mountain gardener with ken lane owner of waters garden center in prescott join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens visit ken where he can be found throughout the week at waters garden center in prescott Waters Garden Companion plants for August are radio red salvias, butterfly bush, and trumpeting vine. Large clusters of red and orange flowers create a dramatic show all season long with Waters Trumpet Vine. This vigorous vine thrives in heat and blooms profusely with neglect. Quickly covers large areas as a ground cover, spilling over retaining walls, screening a fence, or cloaking arbors. Guaranteed to attract more hummingbirds and only found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. I hate weeds. Monsoon rains are so refreshing, even my landscape comes alive. But so do my weeds. Stop weeds in their track in one simple step. Water's weed and grass stopper spreads like fertilizer. It kills weed seed before monsoon rains allow them to sprout. No need to weed. It's safe for trees, even flower beds, and so much safer than that toxic waste the big box sells. Weed and Grass Stopper, it's just $24 and only found at Waters Garden Center. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about? And so we come in and share that over the airwaves. And welcome to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. My lake buddy. Lake gal. <laughs> lake gal. I like pretty gals and swimsuits on the lake and fine boats and uh, relax in the top of her houseboat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we spent a week up on Lake Powell. It's kind of nice. 
was just very the two nice. of us. The weather was beautiful. It wasn't too puppy. hot. Took, took Tilly up there. Tilly and Scotty, 10-week-old yeah. Scotty. Mm -hmm. Scotties are not natural-born swimmers. Four-inch four legs just don't quite, you know, <laughs> Scotties are real low to the ground, kind of long-bodied, and it don't swim. No. But you can teach them to swim. She fun. did pretty good. We, we put a life vest on her, don't worry, but um, which is good because she actually rolled off the boat a couple of times. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Doesn't even know what she's doing. It's roll backwards, not even jump, just rolled off. Yeah. <laughs> But all was good. She was getting pretty good by the end. Yeah. She kind of figured out. Never going to be fast. Never going to be nope. a natural water dog. Nope. Hey, our schnauzer loves yeah. loves the water now. And she yeah. was not real happy the first year. So yeah, probably they so. learned. Yeah. Well, he did yeah. get stuck in that. Uh, let's see. We're coming back on Wednesday of this uh, week. And that uh, um, uh, the storm that hit Flagstaff. There's a there's a burn that just went through the like back in March. Like the east part of town burned. It's terrible. Yeah. So lots of dead trees. And so all that ash got picked up. And we were stuck in the middle of this thing. Stuck on the highway for two hours while mm -hmm. the uh, brave, I'm telling you, the Coconino maintenance folks, whoever they are, they're running all the cleaning up the sweepers, the backhoes, trackhoes. Man, they cleaned that thing up fast. It was a mess. Miles. You all are like rock stars in my world. <laughs> you helped lot us get through. I was stuck on the highway. Hundreds of other people, nothing you can do, but you all made fast work of it and I took sure a did. deadly thing and made it like passable. Well, it's just deep respect for, for all those safety workers that worked out there. The sheriff, highway patrol, you all are like awesome. Just awesome. Oops, threw my right. pen at him. So, yeah, yeah, it was a lot of water in a short period of time. And boy, I, I felt, I feel for the people that are living in that area. Yeah. Um, they had their sandbags and everything, but still. Just yep, lots not, of water. Not good. Not you good. came up on on uh, the peaks there in in town, and it would look ominous. We're going. Oh, I don't know if we're going to make it through this, and we were right. We didn't make it through it, so <laughs> <laughs> it looked looked dubious. So anyway, garden questions. That's what yep. folks are are really tuned in for. I want to make my gardens grow. Well, what do we do? Well, Marianne has a question. She has a tomato plant that has produced lots of tomatoes and still has many tomatoes on it. Yeah. Uh -huh. But the plant itself has suddenly wilted. Oops. She gave it water. Doesn't seem to help it. Wants to know what's going on. So I don't know. That's one. Bring a sample into the garden center. We could help isolate it for you because probably giving it more water right now. That's probably not the. That's probably that's not, not the it. Answer. It's probably too much water. Just because we've had quite a bit of moisture. Just depends on where we're at. So, Marianne, I would say take a limb off, just a few leaves. It's not going to hurt the plant. And then do me a favor, though, but put it in a Ziploc baggie because if it is vertinillum wilt or leaf spot or some of these other things that could be causing that wilt, you don't want to spread it. It just spreads so easy. And so let's let's take it, put it under a microscope. We can see the spores if it is a spore thing. More than likely, it got a little bit too moist especially if it's still producing tomatoes, you're probably still okay. My fear is this kind of moisture causes vertinillum wilt, which is a, a curling the foliage, kind of what you described, but more than just that. You know, where's the yellowing? Are there black spots? Are there other symptoms other than, Doc, my heart hurts. Why? <laughs> which is pretty much what you gave us in tomato terms, but probably it's just a, a, a moisture thing. It's adapting. You're still irrigating the, the afternoon, you know, two inches of rain. 
came this week and you've seen some wilting. It's just kind of, it's, it's, it's suffocating from water. If you can even do that to a tomato, but it's possible. Well, you can. So I, I would yeah. say do that. That's one yeah. we can, there's a spray for the foliage. It can really make it pop mm-hmm. or we can fertilize our way out of it, can make it go. Uh, but, but it's something to be a worried. You should be worried or you, you've got two months of tomato growth. You don't want to lose it now and another hundred tomatoes. So uh, let's keep us kind of nurse it along, keep it going. Yeah, I would say definitely samples are yeah. huge, even more than a picture. A sample yeah, is absolutely. Bring a leaf in. We can, yeah. we can tell more. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next question is from Ted in Prescott Valley. He wants to know how close to a house can you plant Aspen and maple trees? Okay. And will they mess up the house foundation? Uh, so generally maples and aspens are not notorious for lifting uh, pavers, driveways, walkways, that kind of thing. So we've got some aspens that are within, I don't know, five, 10 feet of our mm-hmm. west wall. We're using them to grow up. It's on a property line. Uh, we're trying to shade the upper story, second second story of, of the of all those rooms up there, it gets so hot mm-hmm. and it's working really well. I'm not worried about it lifting uh, um, uh, the, the paver, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's more like your sycamores, cottonwoods, willows. These are famous elms, famous mm-hmm. for lifting walls and stuff. Don't, if you're not using those, you're probably good. So I would say don't worry about it. If you see some suckers coming up right next to the foundation, Maybe spray them, kill them. Don't let them grow there. But that's probably years out from now. So I wouldn't worry about it. I think you're fine. Is there, Plant a, is there a limit you would say keep it at least five feet, eight feet, 10 feet? Doesn't matter. Uh, most of those things. So a maple is going to be wider. Mm-hmm. So generally they're 35 feet wide. So you might keep that, you know, 15 feet away from the, the fountain. So, you just, so it doesn't touch the, the eaves at this mm-hmm. point. Aspens, they only get... 10 feet wide. So you can get much closer with those. So kind of take whatever the natural width is, divide it in two. It's probably safe to plant within, you know, under the eaves mm-hmm. of your house. That's good advice. Yeah. Then also deep watering. Yeah. So that is essential with those kind of yeah. trees. That helps keeps the roots down low so that you don't have a problem with them coming up and lifting. If you want the down low on your trees, water deep. I don't know. That didn't go so well. <laughs> Sounded better in my head than it came out in the airwaves, and and it was not so good. (laughs) Sometimes you just have to try. That's true, (laughs) but don't. All right, Shelly has a blue spruce. She noticed about two weeks ago some of the needles towards the bottom of the tree are getting a funky kind of pinky, purpley, weird color. She wants to know what would be causing that. Is it something she should be concerned about? Shelly, you should also you should always be concerned with needles dropping and off colors. You know, you want a rich blue, greens, that kind of stuff. But down towards the bottom, that's not that much a concern. It sounds like monsoon rains are causing too much water issues. And that's kind of, you'll see some fungal spotting, curling, shrinking, yellowing. Uh, that these are all indications that we've had a good monsoon. <laughs> yeah. And so if the top of that tree is okay, I think you're fine. Um, it's also not unusual for evergreens, pines and spruce to lose needles on the inside of the tree. Mm-hmm. So what's happened is in spring, they elongate, they put another foot and a half of growth on the outer edges of that tree over the entire tree. 
And now those outer new branches are shading the inside of that of the tree so they don't get as much sun. And then the bark is getting thicker. The trees, the, 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 the wood is getting thicker. And so all these symptoms are it'll shed some needles on the inside of the tree. So that's probably what's going on. I'm guessing it's that if you're really worried, cut a sample off, bring it into the garden center and let us take a look at it. And we can put it under the microscope and we can tell if it's a fungal, aphids. There's some other things. I think you're going to fertilize that plant. It'll green it up, get it all. It'll kind of cover a multitude of sins. But a few needles at the bottom of the tree, I think that's fine. Do you think we covered that? Would you agree? Or <laughs> I would agree. Some- I would keep an eye on it. I mean, yeah, it could be a little overwatering, especially this time of year. Um, but as with spruce, just keep eyeballs on it. Yeah. If you see it progressing, getting worse, come talk to us, take a picture. One thing you can do is add aluminum sulfate. That'll bring the color out. That's a, it's a secretion that the plant will absorb. It makes it bluer and greener. It just makes it richer. So bring a sample in, Shelly. We'll help you out. Ken Lisa Lane, The Mountain Gardeners. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Hi, Lisa here with the Plants of the Week and our Denver Daisy. Produces large yellow flowers with a radiant burgundy center some might mistake for miniature sunflowers. Attracts both butterflies and compliments. Loves summer heat and extreme conditions. Now that sounds like my kind of flower. Hurry, we only grew 50 of these perennial bloomers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love hardy daisies, they love to shop. 300,000? Imagine a landscape needing 300,000 trees. Wow! But that's exactly how many trees Frederick Olmsted planted in New York's Central Park. That guy liked trees. Me too. A 2014 study found the more trees in a neighborhood, the lower the incidence of heart disease. Darwin, Einstein, and Beethoven hung out with trees to help them think. Trees are part of nature that helps us relax, daydream, and feel happier. Plant your own Central Park from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So now we've had rain now. The monsoons have hit for, what is that, first part of July, middle of July. It's maybe five weeks we've been in this wet pattern. Things are becoming very moist. And so you can tell the forest has got a different color. You're seeing a green hue over the hillsides, the, the, the prairies out in Prescott Valley, Chino. You're just seeing the new growth come out on those shade trees, especially the ones that were stressed out so terribly. You're seeing the color on your evergreens really start to become rich and new. You can tell they're actively growing. This is when those tree rings, you know, you, you take a, a, a 500-year-old tree, and some years the, the tree rings are really thin, and that the plant was struggling just to survive. And some are fat and chubby and just really full. And they're putting on lots of new uh, wood growth. This is one of those fat ringed years. This is when things can really plump up. This is when trees can just store up extra energy. So they can get through that maybe a harsh season later this winter or next year or next, who knows. 
but they know they're 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 gonna they they take on fat like a bear getting ready for winter and hibernating. They're doing the same thing. You can really you can see the difference happening. So new foliage is coming out on the leaves coming out. And so you 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 can take advantage of this. This is where that fertilizer that you gave plants back in July. This is why I tell you, fertilize the end of June, first part of July, because the rains are coming. And if it does rain like this, you can really bulk up and get the health of that plant back intact. You can, you can bring out the color, the green, rich green, deep forest greens to them, more foliage. They can compensate for insect damage. And so you're, if you did that, you're seeing this active new growth going, whoa, what just happened? This plant's happy. If you've got a brand new landscape, take advantage. You can get twice the growth right now just by fertilizing right now. you got a brand new plant that was put in three months ago. Fertilize it with that 744 all-purpose plant food. It's an all-organic, natural food. It works really well with our water, our soil, our, it's for our environment. Put that on there. You will see by the end of the year, by the end of the growing season, that's end of October, you will see a marked difference. Well, except for evergreens. So it's kind of funny. Evergreens don't show their growth now. They don't show it. They're growing, but they don't show it. They push that growth typically in the spring. See this tremendous, they call it candle growth or elongated. These are conifers, the needled type of evergreens. They're pushing that new needled growth in the spring. And then it kind of, it looks like it's locking in place. It actually gets thicker, hardier. They're, 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 they're coating themselves in wax and resins. They're, they're becoming sturdy, healthy. Where the growth is on evergreens is down below. So you're seeing root growth tremendous right now. So the bigger the root mass you can get on that evergreen, especially new ones, especially, I would say, natives. They have been so stressed out. You can bulk up those roots, get them to re, kind of get deeper roots, get more roots on them. They're going to be hardier and hardier for the longevity, but you'll get better spring growth out of them next spring. And so evergreens are a little different. Not so much the broadleaf evergreens. So that's your red-tipped photinia, your cotoneasters, your eleagnus or, or silverberry. These are leafy, typically shrubs, that are, that are kind of head height. It just depends. They can be ground covers. There's leafy evergreens or broadleaf evergreens. Are, they're green year-round. They're actively growing all the time. So the, the, you can really get them to a ground cover cotoneaster that's evergreen. You want more of it to hold in that hill? Fertilize it. It'll make a difference right now. If you want a, more shade, on those aspens, maples, ash, locusts, all those fruit trees. They really, really benefit from fertilizing right now. Take, get the growth on them. The most important fertilizing of the entire year is in fall. That's October. But I would say the second most important feeding time of the year is now, taking because you're working with the rain. You're you as a gardener are working with the environment, especially where we've got this monsoonal pattern. You can really up the health of those plants. And the most important, I can't emphasize this enough, take advantage of this moisture for those natives. So if you've got ponderosa pines, pinyon pines, 
junipers, these uh, uh, ceanothus, all these evergreen type of native plants out there. You want them to be healthier, hardier, get rid of bark beetles and ip beetles and scale, all these things that have been eating on the forest for two years now. They can now recover. This is their chance to go up yours, insects. I am healthy and strong, and I'm going to push you guys out of here and grow past you. They'll literally grow over certain things or, or drown out bark beetles, flathead borers. They're really up their health. And so we've been losing trees in the forest. I think now we're getting some healthy trees in the forest it's because the monsoons have been favorable. And you as a gardener, if you've especially got a new new house and you were doing some, some, some building the last couple of years, that's hard on the root structure on those plants. Really nurse those trees back to health. They may look healthy, but they're damaged underneath. Take a little bit of food, a little bit of care really goes a long way. Fertilize, take advantage of the rain. Got more in store, but Lisa Waters Lane coming in back for her segment right after this. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Wondering why my garden looks amazing? Well, that's personal. The personal garden shopper service at Waters Garden Center, that is. Before talking with my personal shopper, I had no idea which plants would be best for me. But now my garden is bursting with flowers and buzzing with hummingbirds. Just go to watersgardencenter.com, click on shop, and choose personal garden shopper. A Waters Garden expert will pick the perfect plants for you, personally. The Personal Garden Shopper, only at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants for August are Radio Red Salvias, Trumpeting Vine, and Butterfly Bush. Monarch and Swallowtail Butterflies flock to Waters Butterfly Bush with spectacular 8-inch flowers filling the yard with fragrance and beauty. Heat, drought, wind only make this shrub bloom more. Tough enough to grow in clay, but hardy enough to shine in containers. With so many colors to choose, every yard should have at least two. You'll only find impressive butterfly bush at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Ken and Lisa Waters Lane. She's in each week. We give a segment of the show just to Lisa. And so she can share her garden knowledge over the airwaves of Northern Arizona. This broadcast all over. Kind of surprising how far this thing goes. And now there's the, the internet. So it goes even farther. It's frightening sometimes. We actually have a following in England. In England? And Australia. <laughs> And New Zealand. And What's I've, following? One person? Well, whatever. There's people, it's, trend, it's not trendy, but there's people there. It shows up on the on the graph kind of stuff. So anyway, that's also where a lot of gardening's done. That's so true. Arizona, Central, Central Highlands, of course, that's us. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you. So how are your gardens growing? Uh, they are growing quite well. Yes, the monsoon makes a significant difference yeah. in how happy plants are. It's, it's amazing. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, you, you suffer through June going, are they going to make it? Yeah. Are they going to make it? And then July hits and they, made they it. love it. They're yep. beautiful. Yep. That's the monsoons for you. It's mm-hmm. unique to this part of, of Central Highlands. We were driving back from Page, Arizona, just right on the Utah border. Mm-hmm. And the amount of green, we were up there for a week. And just in a week, 
the hills are alive from, I think they're turning green too. They are obviously growing green. There's been that much moisture. Yeah, it's, it's fun to watch. And then just coming back through town and hitting Dewey yeah. and PV, just all those open plains with the green grass. Rangers Beautiful. have got to be happy. Oh, oh my I'm sure goodness. It makes them happy. Yeah. Yep. So. What do you got for us this week? What are you, what are we talking about? What are we sharing over the airwaves? Sharing over. So we got a few plants in that we've kind of really struggled uh, to get in this year. Okay. Don't know why, um, but they're they're kind of they're great plants for our area. Just not everybody grows them. Yeah. So they're a little harder to find. They're but. great plants for our area and nowhere else. So there's not very many of them grown because there's not enough to get any traction. Can you, mm-hmm. As soon as you get Phoenix growing it, you know, you got a major metro. Right. But those plants don't grow up here. Right. Southern California, they don't grow up here. Vegas, they don't grow up here. Colorado sort mm-hmm. of grows up here. Yeah. Agaves and yuccas, but right. we grow so much more. Mm-hmm. So. so I thought I'd kind of mention them because we literally... No, at least two of them we haven't had all season. I love so it. The um, first one is the red clusterberry ketoniaster. Yeah, perfect. Which, you know, it it's probably one of my favorite plants. Just so easy to grow, animal resistant, um, beautiful dark green leaves in the growing season. Uh, does a little white flower in the spring and then puts on a red berry, hence the name red clusterberry. Uh, it is a wonderful screen tree. Um, it gets about six by six, maybe a little bigger in some spots. Yeah, above head high, I would say. Yeah. Maybe seven, eight, eight foot. Depends whose head. But yeah, well, okay. There <laughs> definitely we go. over mine. Uh, but just a really great screen or a block, or if you just need some green out in the yard. Uh, in the wintertime, it gets a really pretty kind of bronze color yeah. to the leaves. It has a very nice uh, fan shape to it or fountain shape to it so it's not just this big bush it actually has I mean, you can shape it to whatever you want and some people do prune them into shapes and whatever uh but Please i just like don't them. do that it's a native look at plants i like it when they're just natural and, and growing they're just so pretty uh definitely one that works so well here most people if you have spots that you've struggled with or other plants that you've struggled with you really should try the gatoniaster parnii if you're in the forest mm-hmm. And you want a screening plant that's a bush, not a tree, that's your plant because the animals don't buy elk. We have personal experience, deer, <laughs> personal experience, javelina. They're not going to bother. They don't like it. Tony Esther naturally goes in their forest, in the forest. There's a mm-hmm. couple varieties. So they just know they, they smell this and go, eh, no, I don't like that. Last time I got sick to my stomach, I'm not eating that. I don't care how pretty it is. Mm-hmm. So it's a great one. If you want just a hardier, better, sun loving, wind loving, tough screening fast growing plant that's your choice right. it's a good choice for you so the other one we got in is a ketoniaster as well it's the gray leaf ketoniaster oh that's the native one yeah uh, which i is so beautiful it has that really gray almost a gray fuzzy cast to yeah. it uh spreads nicely probably like a four by four yeah easy. um Really good addition especially maybe you've wanted like a manzanita but you've struggled with the manzanita uh the ketoniaster is much more forgiving yeah. Uh, and easier to grow out there. Nice against a lot of green. It gives you a different color, kind of that bluish gray cast yeah. out there. It does almost a silver look to yeah. it. It's got an interesting yeah, contrast to some of the, mm-hmm. the junipers and all that nativey blue mm-hmm. that Arizona is famous for. It's silver. Right. It's pretty. But I think if you're doing natives or a xeriscape, it's a great addition yeah. into that, into your yard. Get it up to size and then cut it off of all care and water. Mm-hmm. 
It's a native. It'll do that for you. So another one that's actually kind of a good replacement for manzanita, not nearly as temperamental, is the silk tassel. Oh, perfect. So silk tassel is an ever, evergreen. I forget the height. What, about five by five? Ours is if it's been in for a while, it's maybe five feet tall. Yeah. It seems like it's going bigger. I think it'll go up to six feet pretty so. easy. Yeah. yeah. So it's a great native plant as well. Yeah. Uh, kind of has that manzanita look, the leaves without the red stem, but so much easier to grow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love and manzanita. It gets, gets but, tall, ooh, taller, yeah. thicker, I think, too. Yeah. And it does yeah. put on a bloom that's kind of a little tassel-y. Tassel. tassel. Yeah. So it's a, it's a great one out in the yard. And it's not one that... Um, if you want something different, this is a great one to put in. Not, it's not a Photinia, <laughs> not everybody, not the next 10 neighbors. It's not an East one. Coast looking plant. Right. It's an Arizona looking plant. Mm -hmm. So when we lost Bailey, our last Scotty, we planted silk tassel over, over her, her body as a, as a memorial because it'll live forever. Right. It's evergreen. And I watered it for a couple, couple of years and then. It Love hasn't it. been cared for since mm -hmm. then. In fact, I just pruned it up because I wanted to go more vase shape, not just starting to crawl across the ground. Mm -hmm. I said, nope, nope, nope. You're doing what I want you to look like, not what you'd naturally do. Right. And I want you to grow more upright shrub look. Mm -hmm. And it's fantastic. It's done well in the monsoon. Yeah. I probably should have watered it a little bit more, <laughs> but I fertilized it right before the rains and ah, it just is taken off. off. Oh, yeah. Super plant for here. Like I said, not as well known, but does great. Silk tassel. Mm -hmm. So another ones that we've gotten in, so they're, they're not in the Cotone Esther family. Yeah, they're silk tassel. <laughs> but I wanted to mention them because it's a great time to plant them now because these are a, couple, are a few that will turn red for you oh, in yeah. the fall. So now is a great time to be putting those in so that you can enjoy the fall color to them. So the, um, the one actually is a Cotone. I, I lied. You're going to Cotonia, so okay. It's, it's called an Autumn Inferno. It's actually yeah, the first pretty. time we've carried that one, I believe. Uh, it, it is a Cotoniaster. It's about a five by five, but it gets a beautiful fall color, kind of orangey, reds, yellows. It is gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, does a little kind of a clustery pink flower in the spring. Yeah. Uh, so you do get more than just one Kind of color I think that one it. is deciduous, right? It so, is. So great, bright color in the spring, super drought hardy. Mm -hmm. uh, it's fire wise, great fall color, way better than your your um, some of your fall color like like burning bush mm -hmm. and, and uh, amber maples, Japanese maples. Super tough, way but it's it's head high, but it's way hardier than those others. And animals don't bother it. So right. javelina, deer yeah. don't bother it. Yeah, it could be a really good replacement for the burning bush. Yeah, yeah. But we did get burning bush in too. Did we? <laughs> if you like your East Coast look, yeah. go to burning bush. If you want a West Coast comparable, yeah. go to the Cotonia. Burning bush, I like burning bush. It is simply gorgeous in the fall. I mean, yeah. it is bright red. But the rest of the year is just kind of it's green it's blob pretty, in the summer. But screen. But I liked the uh, autumn inferno. It was it's just the leaves are better. It just looks better right now. Yeah. Plus, you get the fall color. Yeah, so. it's just a better plant for, for yeah. here. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Uh, Virginia creeper. There's a so classic. That looking, is a native. It is yep. a native. If you're looking for vines to go up a uh, trellis or over rocks or just on the ground, yep. uh, Virginia creeper is perfect for that. And, and animal resistant, right? Incredibly animal proof. They're not going to yeah. eat it. Yep, they're not going to bother that. You know, somebody will prove us wrong. Gosh. 
they'll have cattle will get in there and roll on it or something. We are in cattle country. Oh, sure. <laughs> We've seen it all. Yeah. So Virginia Creeper, okay. You're pointing and tell me we're almost out of time. We are um, out of time. So I think we got to wrap okay. it up. Say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Ken and Lisa Lane, the mountain gardeners, and some of the newer native-looking native plants you can plant now that will just thrive for years to come here at Waters Garden Center. Be right back after this. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's Waters with two T's, GardenCenter.com. Hi, Waters with the Plants of the Week and our Gold Flame Honeysuckle. Wonderfully fragrant. These blooms are in full color right now and will stay that way until the first frost of October. These pink and gold blooms are irresistible to hummingbirds and butterflies alike. Excellent as a quick ground cover, but robust enough to climb vertical structures and fences, all for under $37. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love blooming vines, they love to shop. Gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-home garden consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. Some of my plants are looking a little overgrown. Actually, what they are, they're in a drunken stupor. I mean, you, you get uh, Russian sage, just tall, blue, spiky plant up to about hip high, and you get this much moisture, and you haven't cut, you are still got them on irrigation. You should not be watering those native things right now. You don't need that. Take If it's mature, it's been in the ground for a, a couple of years. We're talking uh, sumacs and and. Cliff Rose and, and uh, Russian uh, rabbit bush uh, or my Russian sage, this blue spiky thing, uh, they probably do not need any further irrigation from your irrigation system. They can go on their own. They're pretty deep-rooted. They hold lots of moisture at their roots. This goes for agaves and, and yuccas, cacti, of course. These are things that you got to get the roots out from their original planting so but once they're a couple years of root growth they can pretty much go on their own and so i've not been watering mine for years they've been on their own they looked a little rough when it was dry in june but they came right out of it now they are glorious now they're becoming more than glorious there's so many flowers they're they're starting to flop over they right in the middle of them they'll just kind of flop and they lay over and so i've been going through and giving my my plants a haircut I take some of those flowers off, not back to the ground, just so they're shapely. It takes some of the flowers off. Don't worry, there's plenty of flowers left. It allows them to perk back up. And so they'll kind of, you take some of that weight off, they kind of go, doing, they come right back. And then don't water them. You almost need to 
keep the rain off of them. They're getting so much moisture. Literally, I just can't take any more rain. They're just drunk with moisture. And so they're flopping over. Give them a haircut. You're not going to hurt them. Give them a light trim. Take a foot off. If they're up four feet, take them down to three feet. Just give the, the lighter, newer growth. Just take it back. And they'll spring back up to life. Don't be afraid to do that. I did that with some of my um, um, autumn sage or salvia gregii. This is a, a shrub about knee high. And it just was growing so fast that it just it just sprung up and then flopped over. So it wasn't looking good. So I, I shaved them back and kind of went back to the ground, kind of made it more of a ball-shaped, more, more just shapely-looking type of shrub, which is what they should be. And then they're covered in red flowers or, or pink flowers. There's different color, white. There's one that's called lipstick. It's a white flower with a red, looks like the edge, like a fairy. Just took lipstick and painted the outer tip of that white flower. It's beautiful. They're all the same. They're kind of like roses. Autumn sage is sort of like a rose. All the shrubs look the same, but they have different flower colors. It's that. But sometimes they just, they're so drought hardy that they get so much moisture, they just flop over and they can't take it anymore. And so if you trim them up a little bit, doesn't take much. I mean, spend just a few minutes on them and they'll come right back even with more flowers than they had before and they'll be more upright. So I'd say deadhead your flowers. It, it, one Another one, if your lilacs, if you've got repeat blooming lilacs and they're not, not in bloom right now, you've been, so there's something wrong. So you need to fertilize that thing. So mine's in full second bloom. So it bloomed in April. It's blooming right now. It's been blooming for two weeks. So what I did is I fertilized it back in July and then this kind of moisture just brings them just a little bit of food. This kind of moisture and evening, cool evening air makes those things bloom right, just come right back into flower. Beautiful lilac fragrance, especially your, they call them bloomerang lilacs. These are repeat blooming lilacs. There's a couple different colors. So not your standard, the ones that your grandparents grew, your standard common lilacs. These are ones that are very tall, so they're usually above head height, great big, huge flowers in the spring. These are not repeat blooming lilacs, but your newer varieties, the dwarfed varieties, they should be reblooming right now for you. If not, you probably need to fertilize them more often. You might even give them a handful of super phosphate, 0,18,0. That middle number is what causes flowers. And so for my summer blooming things, I'll chuck a handful of super phosphate on there. I usually get a bag. I'm just generous with it. You can't burn with it. It just helps plants rebloom. It's like magic for a butterfly bush, for a rose of Sharon, for uh, all of your summer blooming, autumn blooming kind of flowers, echinaceas, gallardias, uh, uh, ro- robinias, robecchias, all those, all those summer blooms. I could go on and on. If you see it blooming right now, it would appreciate some super phosphate, 0 just makes them bloom even more. Pinch some of those dead flowers off, spent flowers. We call it pinching or deadheading. Give it a little bit of 744 all-purpose food. That's what makes it actively grow foliage. And then in addition, give it, sprinkle just a little bit of the superphosphate and stand back. 
in two weeks, it's just going to go boom, going to bloom right back for you. Color's going to be richer, uh, just going to rebloom, bloom, bloom. This is when you can take advantage of the beauty of the gardens. So just, but don't, I guess, go back to where I started. If your summer blooming plants are just laying on the ground, give them a haircut. Don't let them get overgrown and don't water them anymore. A little bit more neglect and and a little bit lighter lighter hair on the top and they'll spring right back up and go, oh, okay, I feel better now. And so that's something you can do yourself. We've had several deliveries of fresh new plants come in this week. Lots of evergreens. So we're kind of gearing for, you know, spring is done. Summer is winding down. Fall is full. I mean, the runway for, for fall autumn planting is very long, especially at this, this, this four to 6,000 foot level. It is such a favorable time of year to grow things, to plant things, to add to the garden things that you, you were starting to, to bring those things in. So it's pine and spruce and fir, lots of evergreen-looking things, things that we can uh, kind of plant now, but then also keep enjoying them right through winter. So those things are showing up now. Some of the fall-colored types of maples, uh, burning bush, these bright fall-colored, the evergreen, broadleaf evergreens, had the most beautiful delivery of red clusterberry ketoniaster. I think this is a better plant than red-tipped photinia. Red-tipped photinia is more popular. This is a big broadleaf green. All the new growth is is a red, red-tipped photinia, and then it matures to green. But red clusterberry ketoniaster is a far better plant. It's more drought-hardy, doesn't get any bugs. Animals don't eat it, so deer can eat red-tipped photinia. Rabbits can eat red-tipped photinia or, or euonymus, but they don't bother Cotoniaster, or Cottoneaster is kind of how it's spelled, but Cotoniaster. This is a fast-growing shrub, gets well above head height, as far as your hands can, can wide. Evergreen, has bright white flowers in the spring. The flowers turn into red berries through fall and winter, thus the name Red Clusterberry, clusters of red berries. The most beautiful delivery of Red Clusterberry Cotoniaster I've seen. They're also, this rain that's making your yard grow so well it's also making the farm perform even better. Just you get a lot of plant for the money this time of year because things are growing so fast. Another interesting one that I'm most excited about, we got a, a rare and, and exotic houseplant collection. For you folks that are into houseplants, you know, you, some of you are nuts. You, you need medication. or Maybe there's a medication for that. You just hardcore avid gardeners you love your houseplants you're collecting them from other parts of the world you know who you are and so you're fun to hang out with and you talk latin names of plants just we got a a new variety or not varieties a very large load of very exotic very rare houseplants i mean it's to the point where i'm worried about them being stolen i mean they're so valuable they're so unusual They'll tend to walk off. They go. They get gathered up in people's purses. So we've got security cameras on and watching them. But these are freakish things you're not going to find anywhere except here at Waters Garden Center. So we've got found these sources that are super unusual. But you you pull them out like they're like candy for gardeners. Going, ooh, I've never seen this plant before. Some freaky new, spotted, fun new plants that are here. But sometimes you know I've been doing this for thirty years still get excited about the plants. Be right back. 
You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Hi, Lisa here with the plants of the week and our lavender chiffon hibiscus. This hardy variety is one of the longest blooming, most prolific shrubs showing off massive four-inch lavender flowers all summer long. This stately bush likes to show off and all for $39. But wait, there's more. These pretty shrubs come back again next year with even more stunning beauty. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love stunning hibiscus, they love to shop. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our McMinn Manzanita. Part of Waters' expanding native selection, this is the big, bold manzanita you find growing throughout Arizona. A local evergreen growing wild with the classic red bark for a style and drought-hardy landscape. Locally grown for local landscapes, this Easy Care shrub is just $39. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love lots of native plants, they love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. If you have rose bushes, I don't care whether they're ground cover, shrubs, climbers, if you have roses and they're not in bloom right now, you should be fertilizing so just take those old spent flowers off. Just take, generally, here's what the book says. A standard hybrid tea floribunda, your standard rose that, that we all know. So your grandparents grew this, we're growing them. The standard rose bush, if it's got a spent old flower sitting there, it's spending all of its energy onto forming seed or rose hips. So you don't want it doing that. So what you'll do is you'll take that flower, cut back or count three nodes, three leaf nodes, go back three leaves and cut it at a 45 degree angle that's just the book and then i kind of look at it and go yeah i want it a little bit more it's too that that limb is still too long i'll just take it back an extra just make it look shapely you fertilize it with all-purpose plant food that 744 all-purpose food and it will go back into bloom within three weeks full color just like what just happened so a little bit of care and it's just deadheading that flower and then fertilizing. The exception would be shrub roses. So there's a whole like there's a whole series of plants that the flowers are a little smaller, uh, but it's not a long stem rose. It's more like a like a shrub rose. I don't know how to carpet roses. These are smaller flowers, and typically you don't have to go back three nodes. Really, it's just take off the spent flowers. They don't push this this new cane growth as as long as Let's say a, a hybrid tea wood, or like a Mr. Lincoln. It's a very aggressive red rose. There you'd have to cut back three nodes, maybe even four or five leaf nodes. So, But with the shrub rose, I just almost pick, put my gloves on, just pick off by hand the spent flowers, fertilize it. It'll go back into bloom even faster, like two weeks. It's back into bloom. If your roses are not blooming, just deadhead it and fertilize it. It will. It should be in full bloom. You plant roses to enjoy the flowers. It should be blooming. It's, the weather's perfect. Um, if, if it is in bloom, keep doing whatever you're doing because it's magic. I mean, roses just have such a fragrance, such a bloom. 
But when they're not cared for, they tend to go out, they just kind of, they're kind of wanks, kind of crybabies. And I don't want to bloom now. I don't know. I'm just not going to do that. Nurse them a little bit, talk to them, fertilize them. They go right back into bloom. Okay, I'm happy. Let's do this again. So they should be repeat blooming. Got a few classes coming up that are quite exciting, some really popular ones. So this Saturday, this is the 20th, this Saturday at 9.30. Every Saturday at 9.30, we teach a free garden class. If it's raining, it's out in the greenhouses. Underneath, the, we can totally protect you from weather. Uh, it, so that, that's where it's held, back of the greenhouse here at Waters Garden Center. Uh, this weekend, the best evergreens for mountain landscapes. This is mainly shrubs. But also some some we've gotten some trees in. I'll have a cross mixture. I'll be teaching that class myself. Next week, gardening for newcomers. If you're new to gardening or you just want to hang out with fun people that are trying to figure out this garden thing even better, come to that one. It's the 27th. That's the last Saturday in August, gardening for newcomers. It's always popular. Always great questions. September 3rd, the top 10 trees and how to plant them. So we're getting new shipments of trees right now. And then September 10th, climbing roses, climbing uh, clematis, climbing honeysuckle, climbers, including roses, and ground covers. Many of these can be used as ground covers, like, like uh, uh, trumpet vine, honeysuckle. You can, you can climb up a trellis or climb it across the ground. We'll be going over all the most popular ones that are grown here in the mountains that are the hardiest, toughest, the bloomiest, I'll make it up words now, that you can grow in your yard Kenelisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. Throughout the week, we hang out here at Waters Garden Center. We love talking to fans of the show. We believe small business can win against impersonal box stores at Waters Garden Center. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our Arizona Cypress. If you want low-maintenance natives, easy care, and reduced water use, then this is the evergreen for you. When planted in rows, they block the wind, traffic noise, and make the perfect privacy screen comes in an Arizona blue, easy to grow, and prefers monsoon planting. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love native evergreens, they love to shop. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.